me talkative and sleepy. Coffee. Coffee does make me talkative and sleepy. It's good for a podcast. Yeah, it is. So, good night. That was my nickname in high school, <laughs> talkative and sleepy. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I might. I might you know. You might have known. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the home of professional <laughs> podcasting once again. How is you? Unfocused, unstable. Terrain seems a bit unstable. Just a little bit off the mark. It's but a little bit It's funny. very windy out and it's messed up my head. Everyone knows so it's windy. Everyone knows it's windy. <laughs> Wendy. Nicely played. So, uh, in in me just asking you what we're talking about today, which is I'm sorry, I'm stuck in a '70s music vibe. Right I'm just now, very so. like songs are coming to me. I'm not mad about it, but um, I'm gonna try to stay on track here. Uh, so I just asked you what in the world we're doing, which is not what? not uncommon for Where me to do. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Well, now Rockapella is gonna be in my head. Um, that's a '90s reference for everyone. Yes, we we are we quintessentially are pausing 90s. the video for a moment. We are hovering the helicopter. We're going to dig down a little bit, a couple of topical weeks from what we've looked at, and I think um, that's good to do sometimes. I, I think, especially as we're looking through the Book of Acts, we're, we're seeing the, the the Acts of the Apostles, as it's called, or the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Really, this is the unfolding story of the. The new birth of the church, the the burgeoning growth of the church. And as we end chapter 5 of the book of Acts and we transition into chapter 6, there, there's sort of a, a shift in the dynamic. So the church has grown a lot. Um, 3,000 people in one day. You know? Quite a bit. So you, you've, you've got this phenomenal growth. You're starting to see the persecution persecution purifying and cleansing, mm-hmm. getting rid of or, or preventing a lot of the hypocrisy because people are afraid to be a part of it. So the the idea so of a casual Christian... Posers coming in. Yeah, it's nothing like what... And that's one of the difficult things I think for us a lot of times. We were talking about this Wednesday night in Bible studies we were looking at, at the book of Mark. It's crucial for us if we're going to really grasp this. We need to be able to strip away our filter for a minute to, to set aside our framework to see what the text is actually talking about so that when we're reading it we're doing the best we can imperfectly but we're trying to see it through the eyes of those who would originally be reading or hearing it so as the as the acts unfold as the story is being told uh, we don't have the doctrine already in us that we might today we don't have the same perspective so as we're looking at you can silence my silly phone too over popular. there sorry about that um, as we're looking at this unfolding, the concept that we have of church today is colored by 2,000 years of history. It's colored by our own personal history, what our background is. So what does church look like to an individual? That has everything to do with what it looked like in their background, and their framework of church growing up. If they grew up Catholic, they're going to have a particular view. If they grew up um, Methodist or Presbyterian or Baptist or Lutheran or UCC, what, you know, these all of these things are going to give them a particular color to their lens as they look back through it. And if you're a Protestant looking at Catholic church history, you're going to have a particular lens. If you're from the United States as opposed to, to Great Britain or Germany or Italy or, or uh, the, you know, the Far East or the Near East or Africa or South America, all of these things are going to change how you see things. It doesn't change the reality of what is, but it does change the, the, the lens you're viewing it through. So as we're seeing these events unfold going from chapter 5 to chapter 6, 
we need to kind of pull back a little bit and say, okay, what is happening? And all this stuff that we've been seeing, that we've been watching here, what is it that is taking place um, uh, that, what is taking place here that, that is unique, that, that is new, that didn't happen before the Holy Spirit came? Um, what is it that's consistent? What is it that is normative for the church? And how does that then relate to us? How can we draw from that in, in our understanding of what the church is endemically and what the church is supposed to be? Um, so there are a lot of things that, that we see in the nature of the church that maybe we don't think about today and other things that we see in the dynamics of the church that maybe we need to embrace or or renounce as we go forward. Well, I think that's why it's been so easy for... Uh, the Christian religion to branch off in so many different with so many different ideas and interpretations and 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 uh, you know I see things this way and you see things that way and da, 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 da. as as really one church there are so many varying quote unquote opinions right. and so I think getting back to the nature of what this really is <clears throat> is an important thing to look at and discuss especially from the scripture so as, right, we're, yeah. as we're doing it looking at as you said so many opinions that creates um, rebellion mm -hmm. in a lot of folks there have been a lot of um, pseudo-Christian cults or Christian sects that have come out of things that, that it, it's like well clearly all of these people are wrong, therefore it must be this right, kind of thing. Right. And much of what we create is a reaction to what we're experiencing or what we're seeing, mm -hmm. as opposed to what, what actually happened here. What is it that God expects to happen? What is it that God demands to happen? Uh, and, and what is it that God rejects? And, and so when we see from the scripture those things, there are patterns that, that emerge that we can take from us, take from it. There are some things that will be prescriptive, that will be commanded. Here is what God expects of his people, period. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, be holy because I am holy. That's what he said to Israel. That's what he says to, uh, to the church. Peter says that same thing. So as we see those things unfold, um, there is a... Um, there is a command, there is a pattern, uh, and we need to be able to sort that stuff out. There are some things that are, that are not addressed, that, that um, logic and wisdom can dictate. There are things that might be preferences that, that may uh, fit or not fit, depending on, on what those things are. And again, depending on your background and your framework, you may have very divergent ideas. But we want to get past those human ideas. That's a, a little dangerous, isn't it? It is. Well, and that's where, you know, uh, in fact, some of the, the uh, Catholic leaders at the time of the Reformation back in the 16th century uh, warned against this. And, and they weren't wrong in saying that by, um, by throwing away, so to speak, the, the, um, the hierarchy of the church, by rejecting the, the papal authority, by stepping away into your own little denomination, what you've created now is anarchy. Mm -hmm. And there have been many pockets of anarchy. That wasn't in any way what the reformers were seeking. But in, in doing what they did, in, in throwing off the shackles, so to speak, of, of Rome, uh, we allowed for, practically speaking, we allowed for any number of different 
what we know now as denominations or sects mm-hmm. to, to come out with their different things, with nobody having one particular authority, which is right. why the, the reformers, uh, you know, Luther, Calvin, and, and virtually all of the, the, the prominent reformers would have held to the authority of Scripture as the primary thing. This is what, this is what governs us, not a pope, not a council, because popes and councils would contradict one another. Right. So in the aftermath of that, as you progress through church history, we would see even you know things like bloody revolutions, and there was still so much uh, of the I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I'm going to say tribalism, where mm. where my group then opposes this group, right. and, and and because the church still had so much uh, uh, such a strong tie to uh, politics and to government, then what what was a theological argument then became a political argument, and you ended up with a whole lot of actual hot physical war being waged in the name of God that was never anything that was representative of God. Well, I think there are certain aspects of that still today. You know, oh, maybe, for sure. Yeah. Maybe not as bloody. I think it's, but... human, I think it's human nature, <laughs> right. and so we kind of run into some of those sorts of things. We do get, there's, what we can see as we look through the rest of the New Testament is that de- denominations actually can make sense. You yeah. know, and the, as we um, delineate how we view various aspects, particularly in gray areas. Mm-hmm. So as Christ followers, we would, we would center on the dogmas, those things that are mm-hmm. uh, indisputable within the church as basic orthodoxy. And yet there are a, a number of areas where they may be important, but they're not central. They're not right. essential and crucial. And so maybe we interpret certain things differently where the scripture is not clear or is or does not speak. Well, that's appropriate and fitting that we might group ourselves according to that. We might group ourselves according to culture and style, but we're still different households in one family. Denominationalism goes a step farther and basically is saying that that this is everything. It's it's my way or the highway. We're right. not brothers and sisters because we disagree on this. And when we start to do that in secondary or tertiary issues, the, the things that are not of of first level prominence. The scripture is not clear in teaching on that, um, or it's not a logical inference from what the scripture does teach. Then we start to get into, uh, I don't have a better word than silliness. We, we get into this folly of thinking in our, in our arrogance that my way of seeing this is the only way of seeing it. And therefore, you are, you know, we might agree on 10 points, but on the 11th point, we disagree. You know, we agree on everything about baptism, but we disagree about the mode of baptism. That you know, maybe you, know, you, you, you think we need to dunk three times, and you think we should not dunk at all, and so on and so forth. And, and while we might agree on the meaning, we might agree on the purpose, we might agree on the history and the teaching of it, we disagree on how you go about it. So the whole thing is... So then we can't worship together, right, we're, not, right. we're not brothers and sisters. Well, somewhere... It happens in a lot of different things. It, it does, and, and somewhere in there is truth. And it's important for us to stand for truth. But we have to also recognize, what, what is there a difference between what the Bible is teaching and what my preference is, what, mm. what my belief is and really when we're looking at at the church it's not what we expect we have a lot of ideas when we talk about the church what do we mean 
Mm-hmm. Are we talking about this building? Are we talking about this congregation? Are we talking about this denomination? Are we talking about the, the established hierarchy? Are we talking about the great group of believers? And if we don't understand the terms, if we don't clarify what that means, then, then how that plays out in our lives is it shifts dramatically. We need to be able to, to recognize that God has built and is building his church. But what does that mean? And what does it look like in our everyday life? All right. Well, we will talk more about that on Sunday and then uh, next week. I, I'm interested in, in uh, talking more about this for sure. So uh, be sure to listen in, uh, if you can, uh, to our live stream on Sunday mornings uh, on the Real Life Facebook page. Uh, it starts usually a little after 10 o'clock. And if you're in southwestern Michigan yeah, or by. northern Indiana, then we'd love to have you drop in. It's supposed to be a nice weekend, so don't use the weather as your excuse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you can stop in or you can check out our live stream on our Facebook page, um, and then we will post the sermon here on the podcast uh, that same evening. And then we'll talk more about this next week. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>